Welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. My name's Dilta Doherty, and in this podcast series, I will be speaking to investors, advisors, entrepreneurs, and recruiters who are based all over the world, and we will be discussing how to set up, scale, and operate a world-class recruitment company. Today's guest is Robert Kenward. He's co-founder and chief talent officer of Search and Select. So he's based down here in Brighton, close to where I live, and he's got a recruitment company that does executive search in the events management space, and that's all he does. So I uh, wanted to get him on uh, because I see he's quite active on LinkedIn, has some good opinions, and you know he's had, he's had some great experience running uh, running major recruitment companies in the past. And he left the industry for a bit, got into event management, and and then just saw that recruitment wasn't being done right in that space. So went and put his money where the, where his mouth is, and set up his own agency. Um, he his agency is interesting because he's quite happy to stay as an independent business owner, and isn't interested in getting an office and hiring lots of people and feels that he can have an awesome work-life balance and, you know, made that clear that work-life balance for him doesn't mean you necessarily aren't working a lot, but, you know, he gets to spend time with his son, time with his, his wife, gets out golfing, does all of that, and then make sure that if he needs to do work, he's there at nine. Up, he's there till nine o'clock at night, um, most nights. So he just works throughout the day, and call and I call that work life integration. I do a lot of that myself. So I had a lot in common with Robert on that, and on running an independent recruitment firm. So it was interesting to hear what his models like, how he went from contingent to retained. He even he even. Uh, chanced his arm doing rack to rack at the very start and that absolutely broke his heart so he decided never to go near that again so uh yeah over to robert hope you enjoy hello Dota. robert how are you I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, great. Welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, thank you. And what a lovely day it is on the south coast of England. Have you been out sunning yourself and enjoying yourself? Uh, well, I, and we'll get on to why I set my business up later, but yeah, I look after my son. I've got a four-year-old, so I look after him on a Monday. So yes, we've been down to the beach throwing stones, eating ice cream, even though it's freezing and um, generally mucking about. Yeah, it's been good fun. Oh, have you handed him over at, at this stage or are we going to have a little guest? No, my, my wife then picks him up now. Um, so she, they're downstairs. I work sort of half past three till about nine o'clock on a Monday. Oh, very good. Very good. Yeah. Um, I have recently given up my office and I'm using the home office here. So it's oh, uh, we're, I sometimes get too little intruders, but uh, <laughs> so far it's not too bad. Um, I'm actually thinking of checking out a co-working space in Brighton. Oh, right. Yeah, of course, you're reasonably local, aren't you, as well? Yeah, I'm in, I'm in uh, Arundel, which uh, 
what, what's that like 40 minutes I had lunch at Arundel on Saturday at the um, townhouse or tower house or something like that. Oh, the townhouse, yeah. That's, uh, that's that would be one of the the nicer restaurants in the town. Now, was it? <laughs> it was the three year anniversary of our business, so uh, oh, good for you. I went away, and my my mum had my son, so yeah, nice couple of days away. All right, nice one. Um, okay, so we'll jump into your business a little later because. Any recruiter that uh, believes in helping you retain staff must be a bit mad. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll go into all of that in a little bit. Um, you had another career before getting into recruitment. How? What? What made you make the entry into into our industry? Yeah. So before I was in events, I was sort of high street recruiter for ten years. Um, okay. Working sort of across, you know, retail shop front um, recruitment then moving into national sales after I've become sort of branch manager and you know the usual sort of progression that, that happened um, got into national sales and then was headhunting myself to go to another specialist uh, sort of on-site if you remember on-site recruitment sort of high volume distribution centers and the lady that I worked for there went and her and her now husband she went to work for him and yeah, she sort of said, you, you need to come to London. I was living in Bristol at the time. She said, you need to come and get into this event stuff. Um, and yeah, that's how I moved from recruitment into events, which is quite a weird sort of transition, actually. Yeah. So, so but, but was it recruiting in events or was it just working in event management? So no, yeah, I was a senior director in events. So I sort of stopped being a recruiter when I went into the events industry. Um, and then when I got up to sort of board level or senior management level, obviously at large, I was at one company where I had, there's 130 of us, so I had a team of 22. So recruitment was a huge part of that. And that was really my last sort of reason to, to go and do it myself. I just realised how poor it had become. And um, especially in so-called specialised recruiters, shall we say. <laughs> yeah. And and tell me, so you're, you're in London um you're managing over 20 people are you stressed to the eyeballs at this stage yeah i mean 22 people as anybody will tell you that's far too many people um especially they were in five countries and seven locations i think i was i was abroad twice a month when ed was born that's my son i think i used to see him maybe once every 10 days after work oh man that's tough and it's not like any other business not that i profess to be an expert in it but by the nature of it, there's a lot of moving parts. So it's those 22 probably need a lot of handholding, right? Yes, very much so. And I walked into an agency, a very well-known agency, but it wasn't very, it wasn't structured very well internally with regards to job descriptions and line reports. And it was a bit of a, no one knew what was happening. So I was the new broom and, you know, ruffling feathers, trying not to ruffle feathers and be the new broom. <laughs> Yeah, and on different time zones right. as well. So we had people in New York and Shanghai and obviously the usual European hubs. So, yeah, it was very uh, yeah stressful. Was maybe not stressful, just a lot to do. There was a, a phrase always springs to mind. 80% of your day is taken up with 20% of your workforce. And that, that couldn't have been more right at that place. Yeah. And so you, you've already spent a lo- large part of your career in high street recruitment before this yeah. um over over 10 years right yeah yeah um yeah yeah blimey by the looks of it um how much because 
How much of that experience were you able to take when creating your own business? Because <laughs> uh, I can imagine that it's, it's a very different dynamic than what you do right now. The, the part from my old career that like I remember was when I set up a commercial division, you know, sort of permanent administrative sales, that, that sort of thing. And, um, you know, it was sort of run like, a, like the old temp desks. And I just realised that, Nobody really got to know candidates. You know, the, the registration was the interview. And this was back in ye old days, which is still what we're dealing with now. It was more fee-based, contingency, first past the post. So when I set up the business, it was, you know, if I was a hiring manager or an HR manager, what skills have I got from my recruitment days coupled with what I do now? And what would a client want? And then when I went through them, I was like, well, that's actually a lot of work. And it was just, well, it's nothing new. It's, you know, I haven't got recruitment 3.0. It was just, you know, very, very hard work. And as you know, recruitment isn't actually hard. If it's, it's, it's easy to do it terribly, but it's just really hard work to do it properly. So I sort of put all of that together with my events background, with my sort of thinking, oh, I've been in the recruitment industry for 10 years. Because when I started the business, I wasn't actually a specialist in that sector. I was trying to do it on job title. I, I sort mm. of said I was a sales and operations and I think client services expert and try to do it cross sector it's harder to create media and 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 any type of uh buzz about what you do if you're if you're spread too thin like that did you find that well it took me nine months to find that can you believe it I I class myself as reasonably intelligent (laughs) it took me nine months and uh I had a few quick good wins with some of my old recruitment networks. I'd say there's a lot smarter people than us that have uh, yeah. that have made that mistake, you know. Well, yeah, I think what happened is I started with a few big wins from my old network and thought, "Oh, this is this is easy, you know, this is great." <laughs> and then, you know, thought I was going to be a rec to rec recruiter for my sins at one point and then yeah, I... how did that go for you? Uh, I'm just about just about earned my soul back, I think. I think it's um I've just made it um, my peace with the devil and he's left me alone now. So, How hard was it? Uh, I didn't find it hard to find people. As, as you and I have talked about before, finding candidates is the easy part in recruitment. I've always felt that. But I, I really struggled with the whole premise of recruitment companies treating you like, you know, the lowest of the low because you were recruiting for them when actually they were recruiting for others, if that makes sense. You know, I found recruitment companies the least likely to let you do a face-to-face brief or give it to you retained or anything, really. And the, the reasons for non-inter, uh, non-taking people further were just, you know, some of them disgraceful, actually, you know, to the point of, I'm sorry, I can't work with you again. Yeah, seeing, I'd say, getting to see under the hood at lots of little firms in the South Coast would have been an eye-opener. To be honest, most of them were Midlands, North, I suppose, because, you know, that's where the old, the old agency of M5 corridor, you know, for the distribution hubs, you know, that, that sort of so. So there wasn't actually a lot in the South Coast. And, they, and it was the larger agencies that I had to struggle with because, you know, they are bombarded regularly with rec to rec people, which, you know, there's a lot of really good ones out there as well. Um, and there's little of me trying to do, you know, the fitability that we, we talk about and that how different we are and how we add value. And really they're, they're just interested in, I need to fill a position, get me someone quick now, now, now. 
and that wasn't my wasn't my business plan. So yeah, yeah, it's a it's a tricky one that isn't it you, you you kind of expect recruitment companies to maybe be a bit more conscientious and appreciate things and then they tend not to but i suppose that's why i've lent to doing the international piece because they have to because it, they have to take because it's such a gamble to pay for somebody's visa to to move them across the world that they have to be really good so their own processes and stuff have to be really mm. good as well where in the UK, it is just a dogfight sometimes, and uh, I just it would uh, it would eat my soul sometimes. And they know? burn them up as well, don't they? You know, it's chuck them in if they don't work out probation, we'll get another one in. And I, I just can't on a you know I do I do pride myself on trying to do things differently. You know, I'm not saying I'm perfect by all means, um, and I think it, it took me a few meetings with people within the events industry coupled with that sort of experience of rec to rec and some of the other uh, industries of uh, somebody said to me why aren't you doing events you know I you know you always do the why did you want to see me today you know there's lots of other people out there and far too many people started saying well you've been in events for x years and you were then in recruitment before that for x years so you're you're credible already you know and that's half the battle and it was one of those ah moments after about eight times you know yeah um and so, so um, it's almost like, you know, you, you kind of knew you wanted to set up a recruitment business. You weren't too sure what it was. You kind of stayed close to what you kind of knew. And then it led you to something you really knew. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think it's because of the best thing we did was specialize, you know, become a niche, become only retained, only work on senior roles. And I think every client that I've ever met, I think in the last three years, three years, I think I've seen something like 120 companies, you know, to introduce the business. And there's actually only been two that have said, no, that's not for me. Thanks very much. Um, and the rest of them, as you know, the problem is with senior recruitment is it's very reactive. You know, it's, I do the odd spec if I'm asked to, but it's very reactive around when they are going to invest 80 plus thousand pounds into their business. I'm the guy that they'll come to. Mm. So, there's only so much you can do to push that. And um, yeah, it's, it's you know, that, the fitability angle for me as well is, you know, we trademark that. That's a, a proposition. So it's sort of an HR talent added value because we do the interviewing as well, you see. So rather than the usual registration, we do. Okay, so so when you were setting up your, your company, yeah. you kind of, what, what I like about the story is you've kind of learned it on the job. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. It's not like you went in. You went into setting up your own, your own firm with everything figured out. No. But you, you got like, okay, I want to be a niche provider. I want to be an expert in the space, but I also want to have control. So I want to be retained. I want to be able to predict things, and then I want to be able to add service on on top of that. Then, talk to me about like how you, like, how long did it take you to kind of get your model in place that you were like, okay. No, no, I'm comfortable with this. So it was, I'd say not, it's nine months from set up to become a, an event specialist recruiter. And then a, a yeah. good three, four, five, six months before I took the word exclusive and contingency off my material and started offering the re, we do 100% rebate for six months. That, that sort of kicked in after that period of time. And then, yeah, just decided, no, I'm going to be a retained recruiter and explain what 
sort of the whole fitability angle was, how it adds value. I, I posted something the other day about there's a lot of retained recruiters, as you know, just doing the same as contingency, but just wanting to be paid up front. And that's not that's mm. not what retained is. Um, so, yeah, it was, um, God, yeah, over a year, I suppose, from setup. God, that sounds terrible, doesn't it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. It, uh, it's pretty good. Um, say a lot of us, uh, takes us quite a few years. I think I'm still, I'm still at a point where I'm tweaking things and changing, changing different things. There, there's a guy called Steve, Steve Lowitz. He's worth following if you get a chance. And he, he runs a multi-million dollar search firm in the U, in the US, and uh, he's got a channel on. It's on Facebook or YouTube. It's called Recruiter Fuel, but essentially his business is really interesting. So he, uh, it's hundred percent retained, old school, old school search firm, but he he embeds people in the company. He embeds his people in the company. They they track the people that they place in oh, there, and so they help all the all the employee analytics and all the rest. And so they predict the right person. Then they do the psychometrics to get them in. And then when they're in there, then they track them and help them throughout the time in there. And then they then they work on the on the next bit, which is predicting what future hires and work with the company in order to do that. And he has the full solution from analytics to the to the all the software tools that, that do it. And he's invested like I don't invest a ton of money <laughs> in it. But that's not a luxury that me and you can have. But we can certainly do some of it. At, on on an affordability basis, what you 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 do something slightly different. You get in there, don't you, and uh, do a lot of the the interviews on, on site, right? Yeah. So I will on assignment. I, I I sort of go in and meet two or three of the stakeholders and do bespoke briefing processes. Um, I will then actually write. What does that mean, bespoke briefing? So I will go in and interview the hiring manager, the line manager, and one of the senior stakeholders with a suite of questions designed to pull out. You know, you've given me a job description. I'll get underneath the skin of that with the briefing because after I do the briefing, I actually create a bespoke candidate and role profile. So it, in mm. essence, becomes the candidate's notes, but it also is yeah. the document that says, you know, is this what you want? If I put this person in front of you, can you sign this off sort of thing? Um, I also write job descriptions as well for clients because you can imagine with senior roles, some of them are hybrid mm. or they've come about because somebody's left that's been there a long time, so the job descriptions got dust on it, sort of thing. So, without asking you too, anything too obvious, what type of questions would you be asking the business to to elicit the the information that that wouldn't be like completely obvious? Like, is there any any wee things that you know that if you ask them, you'll get under the skin of what they really want? Um, you know, as well as the usual, I, I really sort of delve into the culture, the career progression. I take it much more anecdotal, you know, tell me what you want sort of thing. But then, you know, yeah, we ask the questions, you know, tell me why would someone come and work here instead of where they are now? You know, what do you want people to know? Even asking people silly things like, why is there no one internally that can do this role? It just makes people think about the longer term. I mean, the document we produce is incredibly detailed, but it's that job description that comes for them. You can really see the difference between what, what's gone through as a generic job description and what comes out the other side as a profile. You know, it's mm. very much around 
because the, the fitability angle isn't just, you know, it's not about culture as in recruiting drones. It's about cultural fit. You know, tell me what the type of people internally that do well are, you know, rather than we've got a fun culture. Yeah, but what about the successful people? What what personality traits do they have? What What is it they do? So that when I'm interviewing, somebody on paper might be great, but if they're not showing a lot of those personality traits, I'm just filling a hole, which is not what I'm there to do. I'm there to, you know, place career roles. And ideally in two mm-hmm. or three years, that person comes back to me because their team has grown and they want me to recruit again. And now they're the, the hiring manager. Do, do you make their existing team take uh, personality assessments? We do behavioural profiling. So we had a company create something for us and it's very top line. Everything about fitability is just creating conversation. You know, it's giving you information to make decisions. And uh, the behavioural profiling is very much uh, STEM scoring, sort of, you know, one to ten, four to seven, they're breathing, that sort of thing. You know, um, just creating conversations around this is what has come from it. You've told us this in the profiling we've done with you. Let's have a chat. It's not, you know, Savile Holdsworth or DISC or, or that sort of thing. It's not ongoing management. I always tell people, once you've onboarded, once you've got them into your own systems, you know, set fire to it, get rid of it sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And where did you where, where did you educate yourself on executive search? Like what, because your, your background's definitely not executive no, search, not sure. your model is. How did you, how'd you go about that? Well, working in the, the sector I'm in, I was at, always at director senior management role. Um, my last role was a the second largest agency in the UK, uh, you know, a 75 million turnover in, in the space, meetings, events and um, uh, production technical. So I was always at a senior level. Um, and I think when you've worked at that level and you know the sector and you know how to recruit, you just put it all together. And I, I've still got the bit of paper in front of me that my wife and I, she's an HR uh, what well, was a senior HR professional so we you know we just went through what would you want someone to do for you and we got to the end and was like well why don't we just do that you know I think I said before yeah. I'm, I've not invented something new I've just looked at it and thought what would I want someone to do if I was paying yeah I, I'm, I'm I suppose I'm asking you because your, your process sounds quite academic so I, I, is your wife in the business with you yes she is she, she does with HR okay she's moved more, weirdly enough, she's actually done a master's in town planning in the last year or so. She wants to move more into. That. All right. She wants to move more into that. Um, but we've got a new business open. I know. I know how that goes. Oh, right? God, yeah. Uh, we, I set up my own business with, with my with my wife, and then she went off and had children and became a yoga teacher. And now she's kind of coming three sixty and what and coming back into the business. <laughs> well, to so. be honest, she's focusing more. We've um, got a new business going live in about three months, which is a an HR and talent consultancy. So we'll actually implement processes into agencies and say, don't use recruitment agencies anymore. You know, do it yourself, do it better, save yourself money, retain staff. So she's doing a lot of the documentation and the, the sort of the work behind that. But yeah, in answer to your question, you know, she's incredibly intelligent. I'm reasonably intelligent. I've worked in recruitment and the event sector for 17 years. It was very much a you know, and I tested and measured it. I went to a few people I knew that owned agencies and companies and said, look, tell me what I've done wrong. Tell me what I'm missing and had people tear it apart and put it back together until we got to where we are now. Well, very good. Okay, so you went, went through that on a case-by-case basis. Oh, yeah. And that, so that's, that's really interesting. And 
whenever you're like that sounds quite time consuming how how does how does your day look whenever you're <laughs> you're, you're, you're 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 putting together these proposals and and, and documents or do you have does your wife jump into that piece <laughs> no she can't read my writing um and also yeah no the formatting of other people's cvs alongside my writing yeah it doesn't work out well um but no it's well i think this is something that again this took me a good couple of years to get used to the fact that just because i don't work nine to five anymore doesn't mean i'm not working you know like i said Mondays yeah. i look after my son uh wednesday morning i'll play golf friday afternoon we go you know try and spend some time together about three o'clock as a family but then, you know, in the week, I've got, you know, I've got, I'm probably at peak at the moment. I've got six roles on the go at the moment. So I'll be working till nine o'clock most days because obviously senior hires, you, you won't get to speak to them in the day if you want to yeah. actually understand about them. You know, you might have the usual yeah. recruiter of getting them for a 10 minute fag break telling you what they want. But, you know, I have timescale slots right up until nine o'clock in the evening. And that's most of my work is done. And Saturday mornings, I'm always on sort of nine till about 11 at the most. I try not to encroach the weekend, but, you know, it does. Yeah, I, I'm the same. Nine o'clock is kind of a, a kick, a, a cut off. But sometimes I have to do calls at midnight. Um, but it's not like it's to a point where it's an everyday thing. Yeah. Um, and. And I've said this a few times on the podcast. People think that if you're if you're not running a scalable business, it's not a real business. I know. And if you're not if you're not working in a big office and in a suit all day, it doesn't really count. And it's it's still it's still tough, hey. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's still an awful lot of work to do to to run a a, a successful lifestyle business, isn't there? Yeah, I think you be, you end up becoming all things, don't you? You your marketing, your social, your digital, your you know, and you've got to do the new business as well. As much as I have clients coming to me now, which is fantastic. Obviously, the work yeah. I'm doing now, if I don't do anything now, it's going to bite me on the you-know-what in six to nine months' time. So you've got to keep that pipeline moving. And I made a, a very conscious decision to never recruit people again, as in, you know, for the business to to never have an office. You know, I, I've worked out in my head the number I want to turn over and the number I want for my life you know I don't want to be a millionaire daughter but I, I've got a certain number in my head of I've invested a lot of money and time into this I've had the the usual people ring and say oh you know we'd like to buy your business or we'd like to invest but really it's just to you know close you down and you start looking at you know if I was to hey you know my number say is x amount per year how much do I then need for x if I've got say six employees it becomes you know you're sort of times in it by 10 to get the same number and you know, I've managed people for, God, 24 years. And I'll be honest with you, I was I was called a, an inspirational leader, but a terrible manager. <laughs> so I, I took that on board. Does that mean you're, does that mean you're, you're not structured enough? Uh, I, probably too structured. Like people will, le- you know, follow me and I can, I can inspire. But when it comes to the, my wife says I have tons of sympathy, but no empathy. So that's that's lacking in management, I th- uh, management, and also I just don't want to do it. I said to you about my days, you know, I work enough hours in the week. Yeah. I don't want to be called on a Monday because so and so sick, or the I don't know, the the, yeah. the electricity isn't working, or the clients calling about this, that, and the other. You know, it's it's all manageable. Yeah, I'm I'm about I'm going to hire a, a person shortly, 
hired hired somebody last year, and they tried to rob my business. Oh, wow. So I won't be. I'll be a bit more careful <laughs> about that in future. Um, but uh, I've uh, hired a hired a couple of people successfully through Upwork. I've done a few podcasts on it, and uh, and they they both work for me twenty to thirty hours a week. But they choose their own. They choose their own hours, yeah. and we have a lot of our, our business systemized. I'm going to get a, going to train in another one now because, uh, like yourself, I don't really want to manage a bunch of suits in an office right now. But I still want to. I still want the business to grow, um, and I, I kind of just I, I want the challenge. The challenge of it. Do you not worry that you're not working yourself out of your business enough? Uh, I I. I had an epiphany a while back and it was, what do I want from the business? You know, do I want to build it to a multi-location, multi-million turnover that someone's going to offer me X, Y, Z, or do I get to a stage of earning? And, you know, I'll be quite frank with you. My my target was always double what I was earning sort of corporate side. So if I can, if Mm -hmm. I can earn double my salary for the next, say I'm 42 now, you know, worst case scenario, say 60, you know, that's eight, 18 years of earning double my salary. All right, I'm working smarter, not harder. Um, and then somebody maybe in 15, whatever years time will say, do you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll give you X, a few tens of thousands or a hundred thousand just for the name. Am I happy with that? Or do I want to work myself to the bone now with the slim hope that I might be an agency that somebody wants to buy in 15, 20 years? So no, I, I, I took mm. the other decision. Um, also, I'm, hanging everything off my uh, son that he's going to take the business on. <laughs> no pressure. Um, <laughs> Very good. Or, you know, people that can take on my business, it could be somebody speaks, spoke to me the other week about sort of the franchise element of it or the, or the sort of partnership. You know, 15, 20 years, someone might want to take on the name and mantle and keep it going. But I'm not. That's if uh, agency recruitment exp- uh, is still here in 15 years now. I think I, I always think agency recruitment will be there. It will just be different guises. I mean, if you, you look back at when, Jesus, I'm old enough to remember, you know, having to stop at telephone boxes to, to use the phone and stuff, you know. And then when social came in, you know, everyone's like, well, that's it. There's always been a something's going to get rid of recruitment. But I believe a lot of the technological changes will get rid of poor recruiters. Um, and that can only be a good thing. You know, per, what's that Jurassic Park, you know, uh, a paraphrase of Jurassic Park, recruitment will find a way. <laughs> well it has done so far right um that's and i think it's easier now to be an independent recruiter Absolutely. than it than it has ever been because i don't think companies are too obsessed with working with big corporates and i think they like the personalization of dealing with a business yeah. owner it's also soft and high touch isn't it if you think about what i do in essence if you were to strip it back, I suppose, if you are, people used to say lifestyle business in a sort of negative way or one man band and it was somebody looked down on you. But you, nowadays, you'd, you know, you'd be an independent freelancer. You know, I work on a project basis. In essence, I go and work for a client for a period of a, an assignment and then I leave them alone until they need me again. You know, mm. that used to be called outsourcing, if you think about it. <laughs> Yeah, and and what type of stuff are are you heavily involved in 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 trying to promote on social media? Are you, is your head in that space? Uh, up until about 
six months ago, it was with not a great deal of strategy apart from type of content, when to post. Um, and last sort of six, nine months, I've been looking more at the sort of digital marketing, speaking to people, SEO, obviously the poor marketing side of things. I'm very aware that at the moment it's my company is my is me, if you know what I mean. I'm my own brand, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And I try to pull away from that. But then you think, well, actually, why would you pull away from the thing that's making you successful? So. Yeah. And that's a really interesting. It's a really interesting thing to get into because. Common sense says, OK, you build you need a brand name and you want to have something that sounds bigger than it is. But then now we're kind of all pushing towards developing your personal brand. So why put something else in front of the thing that you're trying to get out there? Yeah, it's just noise, isn't it? I think it's, um, and at the end of the day, they are retaining me and my expertise, my credibility. And the company is there, obviously, for a brand. As you know, you know, websites, social uh, have a need, but they're also there for people to do their due diligence. You know, you meet someone network and they say, oh, you should speak to Robert Kenwood. First thing that person's going to do is Google you, look at your website, go on your social channels. You know, you can't be seen to be an idiot on those channels. Um, but also, you know, they'll come. I mean, LinkedIn for me is great and terrible because obviously it's a recruiter's haven. But it's great for senior stakeholders or agency owners to hear about me and then come to me. In fact, I've had three direct, you know, I've seen your content on linkedin and i'd like to talk to you this year and we're only in february which is very unusual yeah i do you know what i had a i have a candidate interviewing in uh, in australia right now and yeah good high chance that 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 there's a placement there if if things work out he came to me from being on hisham azu's uh podcast okay so it just shows that if you if you do put yourself out there and, you know, things, the universe will reward you, you know. Yeah, and actually I saw something over the weekend. Somebody was saying about LinkedIn, how terrible it had become. And I think the problem with things like LinkedIn is people think, you know, right, I'm going to go on there, do a bit of work and it will come to me. But, it, you know, it takes nine to 18 months personally to build a brand that people are going to flock to you. You know, you've got to. It's not even, you know, even on social, even on your Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of those channels, you can't just be thinking, oh, I'm going to post this, look at look at how clever I am. And then next week, someone's going to ring and go, oh, I saw how clever you are. I'd like to speak with you. It just doesn't happen like that. Yeah, we need to use our network, really. Yeah. You know, that's, the, that's the most important thing. Yeah, and a lot, of, a lot of the people I get because of the seniority, I have people come to me and say, oh, you know, so-and-so told me to make sure that, you and I are connected in case something comes up in the field I specialise in. You know, that's fantastic for me. And all my testimonials I get, they're not all from people who were successful, you know, on my, off my shortlist, but they're still happy to give me positive testimonials. I mean, what more can you ask for, really? <laughs> so do you, do, you, do you see any changes to, to your business? Because it sounds like you're, you're very happy with your size. You're very happy with your market. You're very happy with your model. Is is there anything that you're thinking, I need to do this to get my business to the next stage? The, the, the focus for me is the new business. So Jigsaw Talent Solutions, I've called it JTS. That's, you know, for both the revenue stream and for my proposition, because JTS will focus 
on sort of entry level junior mid management you know don't go to recruiters i'll implement process you can do it yourself and then obviously if you'd like senior level recruitment i happen to also own an agency that does that so you know it, it's it sort of crosses over nicely in that whole sort of uh, lifespan of, of of candidates basically and are you going to drive your own personal brand at both of those companies or is your wife going to head up on it uh, that's a very good question, and I think the answer will be I, I've got um, an HR partner that I know from the industry who, who works within the sector, and she's very keen to be involved on a freelance basis. And my, you know, we're actually due another child in July, actually. So that sort of, although it was planned, it's obviously put a spanner in the works as well. But you know, it's uh, it's planned. So I think more it will be maybe the partner than my wife. You know, partner approach, not not like I've got another partner. Um, yeah, I think that would be more the approach that she will sort of focus more on her masters and the consultancy she's doing there, and I'll focus more on the businesses with this uh, sort of partner approach. Okay, very good. All right, well, uh, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. No worries, no worries. Always good. Always enjoy your your work. Good, good stuff. Well, we'll uh, we'll catch up again soon, and maybe I'll uh, we'll uh, grab a coffee sometime down in Brighton. I'm sure there's a, a, an avocado frappuccino latte for Brighton. <laughs> Brighton will have for you. <laughs> All right, Robert. Talk All soon. Right. Bye Thanks, now. Daughter. Cheers. Bye, mate. Bye. Well, a massive thank you to Robert for coming on the podcast. And I'm sure a lot of you who are listening will be jealous of his fully retained model where he can predict his income and work with who he wants. And, you know, he's done that by being a niche specialist. So really getting to know a sector and being confident enough to be able to deliver. And he's built it up over a while. Now, I'm sure starting out, it was challenging, but he's at that lovely place where he's three years in and a lot of the hard work is done. So he could probably decide whether or not he wants to scale that or as he decided he wanted to do, set up another business that will run alongside it. So, um, yeah, great, uh, great wee business that he has. And... We'll be back tomorrow with another fantastic guest. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please give us a rating on iTunes. I'd love to get that 4.5 star up to 5 stars again because some bastard give it 1 star. But uh, yeah, thanks everybody for listening. And if you want to come on the podcast, just message me on LinkedIn. And if you have any questions on any of the episodes... Hit me up, I'll do my best to answer it or put you in touch with somebody who can.